This is an SBS radio podcast. Settlement Guide. Information, issues and stories about living in Australia. Anti-family violence campaigners are calling for criminalising controlling behaviours that often prove key precursors to physical violence. But multicultural support workers say gaps in legislation and services are failing migrant victims on temporary visas. Investigative journalist Jess Hill spent four years researching and writing about Australia's domestic violence crisis in her book See What You Made Me Do, now a three-part SBS documentary series. She says the elusive nature of coercive control often makes this type of abuse invisible. She explains the common patterns. If you feel like you're having to ask for an allowance or you're not having access to money, if you feel like you're being isolated from friends and family, either you're being told you can't see them or your partner's just making it really hard for you to see them. They are constantly belittling you or degrading you, making threats to harm themselves if you leave, threats to harm pets, threats to hurt or kill the kids. This is the abuse called coercive control. The latest report by InTouch Multicultural Centre Against Family Violence found that 92% of perpetrators of domestic violence had used controlling behaviours. Anu Krishnan, a Melbourne-based social worker, says coercive control in the context of multicultural communities is not dissimilar to mainstream experiences. But women of multicultural backgrounds may not often recognise their experience as abuse due to their cultural conditioning. Forcing a person who's of faith from, say, a Hindu background or a Muslim background to do things that are contrary to their faith, forcing someone who's vegetarian to cook meat and berating them if they say they can't, some of these automatically do not look like extreme coercive control, but they may be even more harmful and eat away at a victim-survivor's score. Data from Queensland-based Children by Choice reveal that over one in five women from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds experience reproductive coercion. Three-quarters of these women also report experiencing domestic violence at the same time. Brisbane social worker Jatinda Kaur explains. The partner or the husband will intentionally force themselves on their wives in the hope that the she will become pregnant, which then will mean that she will then continue to remain dependent on the husband. Marisa Ristic, manager of Gold Coast-based SARA, Domestic and Family Violence Service for Culturally and Linguistically Diverse Women, says victims of coercive control often feel powerless in the relationship. Her job is to bend her head and do as she was told. Very often they are made believe that by submitting themselves and being agreeable with the husband making all the decisions about their lives, she's just being good wife. The tricky part is that they don't really comprehend that the type of the relationship that they are in is an abusive one. Social worker Anu Krishnan adds that family violence victims often arrive in Australia without a social network, making it easy for their partners to isolate them from any potential support. These perpetrators can be really, really very clever and turn an entire spectrum of people who might potentially support a woman in this situation against the woman by saying things like, oh, she doesn't want to come out and see people. So the victim survivor becomes even more isolated where they are and have literally nowhere to turn. 
After women born in Australia, women of Indian background are the second biggest cohort of callers to 1-800-RESPECT, the National Sexual Assault, Domestic and Family Violence Counselling Service. Jess Hill says that many victim survivors who are on a temporary visa are reluctant to report an abusive relationship due to the fear of losing their visa. This is supported by findings in a recent Monash University study on family violence and temporary visa holders during COVID-19. The study found that 55% of the women surveyed had faced threats of deportation. On the other hand, 60% of the women holding temporary partner visas were threatened that their visa sponsorship would be withdrawn. A lot of women are fearful that they will be deported if they leave the person on whose visa they rely on to be in Australia. There are so many barriers for women who've migrated here and who aren't citizens to actually getting their independence in these situations. The Australian migration laws allow victims of domestic violence who are holders of a temporary partner visa or a prospective marriage visa to access permanent residency even after their relationship with their sponsor has ended. A victim needs to supply evidence to show that they suffered family violence while the relationship existed. As the family violence provisions under the migration law are only available to temporary partner visa and prospective marriage visa holders, victims on other temporary visas often need to seek another visa based on their eligibility. Ali Mochtahedi, Principal Solicitor at the Immigration Advice and Rights Centre, says that in addition to the possibility of losing their visa and separation from their children, there is also an aspect of survival that forces many temporary visa holders to continue to endure an abusive relationship. So by the time the victim survivor makes the decision to leave, they actually don't have any financial stability. Um, they don't have a social network to reach out to. They may not have access to Medicare. How do they actually survive, you know, very basic level without having to rely on the person who's been abusing them and controlling their daily life? We've certainly had clients who have left abusive relationships only to, with nowhere to go other than, for example, sleeping at rough or staying in a car. How long can that last? Marisa Ristic says it's due to these challenges that many of her clients choose to stay in an abusive relationship, even though most of them would have developed some understanding of their rights within their first year in Australia. Very often the women's shelters are at capacity and they just cannot accept the referral for another woman who doesn't have any income. Also, even if those women are working, then seeking crisis accommodation means that they have to leave the paid employment. Recognising the gaps in the immigration and social support system for temporary visa holders Aristic often supports women who are not in immediate danger to work out a safety plan to better manage their situation. They provided with qualified legal advice about the family law court, legal advice about the immigration, domestic violence, court support, the role of the police and what would happen if they ended up attending the domestic violence court. In Australia, one woman a week is killed as a result of violence from a current or former partner. Advocates and support organisations are calling to criminalise coercive control, which many experts have identified as the key precursor to physical violence and murder. Tasmania is the only Australian jurisdiction to have criminalised coercive control. 
journalist and author Jess Hill believes it is only a matter of time that it is criminalised in other jurisdictions within Australia. We've got Queensland who have already basically committed to criminalising coercive control. New South Wales is just is in the middle of an inquiry into criminalising. Pretty much every state and territory is at some point of considering whether or not to criminalise. It's just about making sure that in that process, everybody is represented. Migrants, children are represented. First Nations women are represented. Immigration lawyer Ali Mojtahedi says there are layers of complexity that still need to be addressed for temporary visa holders. The fact that many of his clients have limited English and a lack of understanding of the legal system is also a concern. Criminalising it without actually addressing all the other issues that impact women who are being subject to coercive control, the social services, access to housing, access to Medicare, access to legal support. Unless it's a whole package, I'm concerned that by simply criminalising it without actually addressing all these other aspects, it could result in the other issues being ignored. See What You Made Me Do is a three-part documentary based on Jess Hill's critically acclaimed book on Australia's domestic violence crisis. It premieres on SBS television on May 5th. If you're experiencing family violence, call 1-800-RESPECT or 1-800-737-732 anytime for counselling support. This was an SBS radio podcast. For more Settlement Guide stories, visit sbs.com.au slash radio.